Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Appreciate you all listening, uh, getting good numbers, getting good feedback. And uh, as always, tweet us at, at Pulp Hockey on Twitter. Uh, thanks for uh, listening. Had some great guests. Uh, maybe none greater than the one we have today, uh, a guy who's uh, certainly uh, done a lot in the game and uh, looking forward to talking to him. Before we get to Dallas Eakins, though, two under, number two, UNDR, two under, men's underwear. Uh, great guys, great company, uh, supporting some of the athletes in Major League Baseball, NHL. And everywhere else, uh, you're looking for the best underwear around, try 2under.com. Use the code FERRARO20 to save yourself money. Yeah, Ferraro's not on the show anymore, but still giving you, still giving back in a sense of a code. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and check out 2under uh, to support this show. All right, like I said, Dallas Eakins, former coach of the Edmonton Oilers, Toronto Marlies, now current coach of the San Diego Gulls in the AHL. It's the Anaheim Ducks affiliate. Uh, welcome to the show, Dallas. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. Now, uh, you set up through Dean Gallish, a mutual friend of ours uh, over at the CTS. I know you and him uh, became buddies. Uh, I'm not really sure how the connection, where you first met. He helped you with the Marlies, uh, helped with the Maple Leafs, with the Oilers. My first question, I'll right out of the gate about Dean. Have you ever seen him without the red Ferrari baseball hat? Uh, I, I, I have seen him. Uh, and okay. I think it's only been once. Very uh, rare. <laughs> yeah, Dean and I... Uh, yeah, we 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 brought uh, Carmichael training uh, systems into uh, to Toronto to cover off some of our needs there, and and Dean uh, uh, was their point man, and uh, and Dean and I just developed a, an, a developed an amazing friendship and a, a guy that I, I cherish as a friend and, uh, and and still lean on here even in in, in San Diego for advice and mm-hmm. an amazing human being and a and a great great guy. One of those guys that's really smart and knows a lot, but doesn't doesn't like doesn't you know doesn't act like it. No ego. There's there's guys that are smart in the game, guys that are smart in the motocross and all that, and working with the motorcycles on my end of things that I do. But they let you know it. Dean's not one of those guys. Uh, super smart and as down earth and humble as they come. Yeah, and th- that that's exactly him, and that's what I love about him. I mean, he, he comes mm-hmm. in. Uh, he, he's got to be uh, top five exercise physiologists in the world, uh, all these world champions, and you have to pry stuff uh, out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love when he comes into a rink or he's in a room and, and there are whatever, like with us, you've got a general managers and managers and you got coaches around and, and there's Dean just sitting in his everyday clothes and his red hat and everybody's kind of looking like who is that guy who is that guy and he just sits there and and uh, when he speaks i think he catches people way off guard right, um, right. but the, the the greatest thing i found around uh, with dean is like dean can speak to anyone 
and and explain things to them incredibly well in a, in a way that they're going to not only get it and mm-hmm. understand it, but respect it and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that is uh, his greatest strength. He, he is he's uh, one of two of the most intelligent people I know, that's for sure, And uh, uh, but an incredible, incredible teacher. Yeah, definitely. And on the motocross side, you know, those guys are also a huge, they're big athletes. It's an incredible enduring sport. And Dean has worked some wonders with some guys over there, too. Uh, um, just setting them up with programs, checking in with them, you know what I mean? And really kind of opening their eyes to a new way of doing things in our sport. We kind of, a lot a few trainers get stuck in different ways. And I know Dean's opened their eyes uh, to different, different things. So, and also, too, uh, Dallas. You've really embraced like mountain biking, road biking. I know you go to Colorado. You go to you do some races with him and everything. Like fitness, I followed you on Strava by the way the other day. So um, you're uh, you're into this. You love it. It's uh, it seems like it's an addiction to you. Well, I, I love it for a bunch of different reasons. For me, it's uh, you know you you, you want to stay fit, and uh, and the other thing is it's it just clears my head. Right, I can, right. I can come into the rink here and and uh bang out eight ten whatever it's going to be 12 hours in, in your office or mm-hmm. i can jump and uh go for a run or head out on my bike for a few hours and, and i'll probably get more done there so it's uh right, right. It, it's uh mental health it's amazing how much you can get done when you're outside and free on your bike or on your feet and the other part of it hey it's never going to hurt you to be fit no, no, exactly. It's something I'm working on. I sent him my polar stats to analyze. He never got back to me. I guess that means he's disgusted in my uh, my stats. So, um, uh, and also too, uh, uh, not a bad city, San Diego, to be into exercising and bicycle riding. Not too bad. Well, it's incredible. It's uh, you know I was just uh, speaking with one of my old coaches uh, this morning, and you know the. The, the the city and the the, the community here mm-hmm. really fits not only my lifestyle but my family's lifestyle. We're outdoor people. My you know my wife's uh, into triathlon and cycling and all that stuff. My right. kids uh, love playing sports outside and doing their thing. So not only is it uh, incredible incredible to be part of the uh, Anaheim Ducks organization and, and here coaching with the Gulls, but you know, we've hit it out of the park. We're we're extremely yeah. lucky and, and fortunate to be working in a, a community like San Diego. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, let's get into some some hockey talk. Uh, eight and two to start the year, tied for first in the Pacific Division. Um, not a bad start, pretty decent. And of course, this is the first year of the AHL. They they have the entirely Pacific Division um, with all the affiliation with the NHL teams. Travel is probably a little better than it used to be when you were Marley's coach, huh? It's a, I like what they've done. It's a really cool deal. Yeah, it's excellent. The the new uh, division here um, certainly uh, bodes well for the the teams. You know, it's in, in you know last year. Anaheim's uh, affiliate team was in Norfolk, Virginia, and right. that, that's an awful long way to uh, recall a player. And now we're just down the road. Um, you know, we, we've cut the games back in this uh, division to mm-hmm. uh, 68, which gives us extra rest time, and it also frees up extra practice time, and I, and I think really helps uh, the the uh, development of these players and. And getting off to the start that we had, like mm-hmm. you know, San Diego is uh, surprisingly uh, a, a very rabid uh, hockey town, and 
uh, having a team back uh, was certainly exciting, and uh, but having a team back that's been able to to have a start like this mm-hmm. in the first ten games is is great for everyone. I used to live down there. I should know this, and I should have done some research. Do you play in the sports arena? Yeah, it's okay. called right. the, uh, the the Valley View Casino um, Center now. Okay, it's, uh, but uh, yeah, it's the old sports arena. I think it's. Uh, I think next year the arena actually turns fifty years old. Yeah. Yeah. Totally sure on that, but I, I right. somehow I, in my head I've got it that our arena here is 49 years old, and it's amazing to walk the concourse and, and go around and, and look on the walls and, and see everything that's come through this uh, this arena, from Muhammad Ali to the concerts to it's incredible. Yeah, I saw you two there one time, and then I know that movie Almost Famous was filmed there. All that was all at the, filmed at that arena. So there we go, a little oh, fun yeah. fact. Cool. Um, did you was there a San Diego AHL team when you played? Or was that before you? Uh way back uh, you know I know you you know obviously you spent a lot of time in the AHL some and some time in the NHL but was there a San Diego team or was this pretty new? Uh well no there was a team here there was a, a point at one point there was the NHL and then then there were two leagues that were basically equals. There yeah. there was the American Hockey League and there was the International Hockey League. Oh, okay. And yeah. and it was only for a, about three or four years where they were equals. The the IHL, the International Hockey League, had always been a mm-hmm. a league kind of underneath the American League. And but they had uh, you know bumped up the salaries, started signing uh, some good players. Yeah. And the the NHL actually started putting some of their affiliate teams in the IHL. Okay. And, uh, San Diego had a uh, uh, team in the IHL. Okay. It, was, it was quite a good team, and um, I was I would have been playing for the Cincinnati Cyclones, which was the Florida Panthers farm team. Uh, I remember coming out to San Diego to play. Yeah, the I went with like they had like Nedved, Cujo, Braddock, Bonk, all those guys. A little bit they went to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it was like Vegas used to have a uh, right. team as well. Uh, so are you uh, you happy with Aiton too? Everything's good. Um, Nick Ritchie leading your team in scoring. Of course, uh, everybody will remember him. He's you know a top ten pick a few years ago. John Gibson, we saw him in the playoffs. Um, he's your tender, doing well. Um, um, what do you think of your start? Can't be can't be too uh, too upset with it, right? Well, no, and it's you know it's amazing. We're we're happy with it. I think there's still uh, lots of room for uh, improvement. Um, uh, you know the two young men that you just uh, mentioned there are, are going to be cornerstones of uh, the Anaheim Ducks uh, mm-hmm. moving forward. You know Gibson, obviously, with the position that he plays, is a high-profile position, mm-hmm. and uh, everything from my eyes uh, this early in the se- season tell me he's going to have a great NHL career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Nick Ritchie's come in. Uh, with no pro experience and, and played uh, a very passionate and uh, productive game, uh, he's a he's a big big man, yeah. and w- which is uh, how the Ducks like to to play. So, um, yeah, great starts for those guys, and and you know we we've got a lot of other guys here doing different things. We we've got guys that are just on American Hockey League contracts, trying to earn an NHL deal. We've mm-hmm. got guys that have played two and three years pro who are. Trying to figure out if they're if they're going to get a chance at the NHL level, 
or are they going to fall off and, and head to Europe? And then we've got some veteran guys here that have played lots in the NHL who are who are trying to get another kick at the can. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, we'll get to Gibson. Uh, was he rushed maybe a bit? Like we, you know, he kind of he was backing up uh, at the Ducks level. Uh, and there was a lot, certainly a lot of hype about him, and he went in the playoffs. It didn't go great for him up in, in that one game seven, I think it was. And was it almost like a reset? Where it was like we see it all the time. I mean, goalies have to spend some time in the minors. They, they just can't necessarily all step in and, and you know be superstars. Was it sort of like a little bit of a reset on on uh, on Gibson, John Gibson, and just saying, hey, you're in the A for a year. You're just going to learn the pro game. Was it uh, maybe a bit of a reset? Well, I don't. I don't think he was rushed. You know, we, okay. we've got, uh, and I wasn't here. This is my right. first right. year with the organization, so it's hard for me to comment. I, I do know the the people running this organization are are well thought and intelligent men. So I highly doubt he was rushed uh, for whatever reason. Uh, he was there, and um, you know that's kind of the path. The 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 thing that we're really looking from uh, from from Gibby is. is you know, can he play a bulk of games mm-hmm. and and not be injured? And you know, injuries happen in different ways. Sometimes you get banged into, maybe you pull something. But the the fact of the matter is, at the NHL level, if you're going to be a number one guy, you you've got to be able to play 65 out of 82 games, mm-hmm. uh, if not a little bit more. And and I think that's where maybe the the jury is out uh, a little bit on on Gibby. And but he's proven very early on here that he can carry a workload, and, and I think that's probably the biggest hurdle. And it's just going to take time, and that's part of the process. Is you know can can he keep forging ahead, keep himself self healthy, uh, and, and get a big bulk of games under his under his belt mm-hmm. in one season, and really prove that hey, you know, I, I can play 65, 70 games year after year after year. Right. And, and that's a challenge. He's got the size, which seems to be the way that league is going up there. You know what I mean? Just big goalies, big guys. So Yeah, and he's a dedicated kid. He's, uh, him and I have started a, a real good relationship here, and, and uh, I've got no problems with him at all. He, he's done everything that we've asked of him. Now this is just me in Vegas on the couch, and uh, I grew up in Winnipeg. So if you know, followed you started with the Jets and uh, and uh, saw you with the Moose at different points. Corbinian Holzer, and also I'm a Leaf fan, so uh, Corbinian Holzer kind of reminds me of like a guy like you, like right there. Um, you know, you know, almost in the NHL, good in the AHL. You got him back. I think you had him with the Marlies. Maybe I'm missing a couple years, but um, yeah. yeah I- Okay, what do you think? Am I off base there? Is it one of those guys like he's like a tweener? He's right in that edge. Yeah, I think the Holtz just needs some some uh, to get some games under his belt, and and it's a you know it's hard to do. It's the whole you know it's like anybody else going for a job interview. Well, we wish you had experience. Well, how do I get experience if you won't play? <laughs> right. Like, so right. you know he's been uh, kind of caught into that and. Uh, you know, for for me, Corbinian is you know he's he's ready to be an NHL defenseman full time. Mm-hmm. He's a kid of high character. He's got an amazing work ethic, and he just needs to find you know the right spot where he can get those games in. And you know he he was disappointed to be uh, assigned to us early, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. I, I don't yeah. like it when you guys are happy to be here you know your your dreams to play in the nhl you'll want them a little bit pissed off so yeah 
Um, but he came in, worked extremely hard. He's, you know, he's been recalled. He's up there. I know he's been uh, playing. He's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's his challenge. His challenge is to play well enough that it's impossible for that coaching staff to to take him out of the lineup. And you know, a, a comparison to me, yeah. he's a far better player than than I ever was. Oh come um, on! But that that just shows you the. <laughs> That just shows you the game, though. Like yeah, yeah. The, the players these days are—they're they're so good, and they're big, and they're fast, and they're fit, and they've got skills. And and uh, yeah, if, if Corby would have been playing when I was playing, he, he'd be a full-time guy already uh, for a long time. Yeah, I look at it like it's one of those things. Uh, play me more, play better, and you play more. And and then the player goes, "Well, play me more, and I'll play better." Right? It's it's the yeah, it's the chicken and the egg. Right, it's right, the, exactly. The whole. Um, uh, the, the goal between between the coach and the player. Yeah. Hey, I gotta I gotta admit. So you got let go from Edmonton, and I know you signed a four year deal. I heard you on a radio interview shortly after that, and they said, "Hey, uh, so you know what's next for you, Dallas?" And you said, "I want to get back to work. Uh, I love coaching. I love it's what I want to do." And I'm thinking, this guy's got a four year deal. He's got another two years left on it. Like kick it back a little bit, right? Um, and I, I wouldn't have blamed you, and I don't think anybody would have. Would, who knew that you were actually telling the truth in that interview, uh, Dallas? And uh, and you just right back at it, right? Right, wanted to get coaching, I guess. Talk about the decision to get back to work and hooking up with Bob Murray and the Ducks and um, and what you had for options and why you chose that and uh, and all that. Because I imagine like it was a rough time for you. And uh, I say I tip my hat to you for, for heading back to work. Well, yeah, it's interesting, like you to you know be in a uh, a firestorm like we were there in Edmonton, and then you know when when you get let go, it's part of the deal in pro sports, and mm-hmm. you know you you hear people say, hey, if you don't like it, then don't do it, and, and that's right. And but when you get let go in such a uh, a public fashion, uh, especially being in, in Canada where hockey is everything, um. You know, it's not a fun process to go through. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm a big boy, and and I can take it, but everyone forgets about those people at at home. Like, you know, I've got a wife, and I've got two little girls, and they shouldn't have to be as tough as their 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 father is or their husband is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, we forget about those people. But the the whole yeah, could I have taken uh, another two years off and my paycheck show up every two weeks yeah absolutely right that that, that was a, a total option but you know we're we're wired to do things and to to sit around and just ride my bike and 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 uh just be with my family I, i'm not wired that way mm-hmm. i wanted to get back to work i'm passionate about the game i'm passionate about the players and I think my family wants me to work too. I don't do well with with idle time. <laughs> Sitting so, at home, right? And, yeah. and you never know how it's going to go. You don't know what opportunities are going to be uh, presented to you. Mm-hmm. And that was the great thing about having the term was it wasn't a thing where, well, you know, there's nothing else. Uh, you you have to work. Uh, we're going to just have to take this job. Right. So right. we had uh, multiple opportunities. We were able to weigh them out. Uh, obviously, the, the the Ducks organization is a successful one. I've got a bit of a history with, with Bob Murray. He's a he's a man that I I, I trust. Uh, he's very tight with uh, uh, the best boss that I've uh, had so far has been uh, Brian Burke. Mm-hmm. 
him and uh, Bob Murray go way back, very close friends, and uh, just getting to really know Bob now over the last couple months. Right. You know, they're they're very similar men. And then obviously the opportunity to, you know, coach in San Diego and 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 kind of rebuild a program. Their 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 team last year suffered greatly. Um, you know, bottom five in the league or bottom three in the league, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the challenge was there to 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 go do something special. And and you know when we weighed that, you know, there were other head coaching opportunities uh, that were there. There was uh, assistant coach opportunities in the NHL, and we just thought this was the the best fit for you know not only me and my career, but mm-hmm. for my family too. And you know we that, that carried a lot of weight, uh, the family part of it, because you know we had moved our girls from Toronto to Edmonton. Right. We had moved our girls from Edmonton to Vancouver. And now we were going to move again, and I wanted to make sure that we were somewhere where everybody could be happy because all this moving around was getting a little nutty. Yeah, really, right, I guess. Um, and I guess, you know, you had a great run with the Marlies, uh, took them to the finals, uh, lost in the finals, a winning record most of those years, I think almost all of them, if I remember right. Now you're off to a good start here. I guess the AHL, you're finding, I mean, you, it's a teaching league is what I hear or what I read. Um, you just got more time to teach these guys in the AHL than you do in the NHL, huh? Well, you do and, yeah. and because the, the schedule's dialed back um, a, a little bit. You're not playing 82 games. Um, you know, in, in Toronto, the first couple of years there, it took a, you know, we, I don't, not sure we had winning records. Mm-hmm. We were a little bit probably closer to the 500 or just under 500, but it took us a couple of years to get the program in place. And then when, once we got it in place, it's amazing. Once you have the program in place, it, it kind of looks after itself. And mm-hmm. we had good teams year three and four. And then even since we, we've left there, the, the, uh, the, the team's been good mm-hmm. and doing well. And I'm excited about that. Like, Toronto's always going to be a place that's uh, dear to my heart because that's where I got started. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we're, we're looking to do the same thing here. I think we're way ahead of the curve uh, here with this team. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, you come in here and I've been blessed with a, a group of veteran guys who are high in character. Uh, they, they tow the line on, on, the, the values that I want for mm-hmm. our team. And then I've got a, a bunch of younger guys who are, who are hungry. Mm-hmm. They work extremely hard and they're good listeners. Like, they're, they're good listeners. There, there's no hard headedness in there at all. And that, that speeds up the, uh, the, the process for the, the development of not only the individuals, but the, but the team mm-hmm. and it gets things going quickly in the right direction. Now, you know, will that continue? Or are we going to go, uh, eight and two in our next ten games. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think that would be a stretch. Um, but at least I know we've we're, we're getting our core values in in place here early. And also, too, for you, I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure you're a confident guy, but you're also like, okay, I can coach. I can coach. <laughs> I know what I'm doing well, yeah, here. When you get like, oh, like you, you, when when you get fired, you you do a rewind. I, I'm yeah. a tough self evaluator and. Uh, I, I had a number of months to really go through, okay, here's what I believed in in, in, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It took uh, two full years to get our team in place. So by the third year that you know we were uh, on the right track, 
that's how we went about it. Like, okay, wh- what went wrong here? Where, where did I go wrong? And, and, and boy, you, you do question yourself a little bit. And mm-hmm. But, you know, going through it, I, I took what I needed from it. I, I know what I've done in the past that works extremely well. And I, I've brought it here. And, you know, we're very early on in, in, in this season and, sure. and to my uh, my tenure here with this team. But uh, uh, a lot of those core values that I really believe in that, uh, that worked in Toronto uh, didn't work so well in Edmonton uh, are working again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I worked for a high-profile race team as a mechanic before I became in the media, and I got fired, too, from that team. And I was like, whoa, I'm – Am I any good? Am I crappy? Like I, you know, got another job and everything worked out great. But I've been there a little bit on a much, much, much smaller scale because it didn't get played out in the in the newspapers. But it's tough. Yeah, you're like, wait a minute, I I'm I can do this. I know I can, right? So, um, well, it's tough. But you know what the other thing is 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 you've got to in for for me and I don't I don't care what you do in your life. You you've got to invite adversity. Mm-hmm. Like the whole just being successful all the way along and and being awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a, a great recipe for getting better, yeah. and uh, I think it's what we all aspire to be. Mm-hmm. But it, for me, probably getting fired's been one of the the greatest, uh, not only uh, in a learning capacity for mm-hmm. myself, but on affirmations of what I know is true. And so it's one of these things. Like, yeah, did that hurt? Yeah, it did. But I just think I'm so much better for it mm-hmm. uh not only right now but for for down the road as well and not only just hockey but yeah geez those are life lessons right. and you know you get you get kicked like that it's uh it's important to get up and dust yourself off quickly and, and get going the i know a lot of the teams like the leafs are, are you know they're trying to play babcock system down in the marlies and i know the winnipeg jets and the moose now are aligned a little more closer uh, Boost Boudreaux, the Ducks coach, uh, seems like a great guy, by the way. Um, and thankfully, they turned it around. Uh, it was getting pretty rough there for a minute. But um, he's known for kind of run and gun a little bit offense. And again, maybe I'm wrong. This is just from the couch. Is that something you talk to him about and, and, and you you and him get with each other and be like, okay, this is what we wanted. This is what we want to teach our guys. How much of, is that involved uh, with the goals? Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Bruce uh, Boudreaux, incredible human being. Seems like uh, it, yeah. I didn't know him before I got here. Such a nice man, uh, very respectful. And the the first thing I, I said to Bruce was that I, I was here to uh, support him. Uh, I'm here at his service, and uh, and that the thing that I thought that was very important, uh, not only when I was in a, a coach in the American League, but when I was a coach in Edmonton, mm-hmm. is the thing that's important for that NHL team is for the. Uh, the American Hockey League team to be running a, a system that is either exactly the same or very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the great thing is uh, Bruce and I see the game, you know, uh, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've adopted a, a lot of the, the, the same things that they're doing. And if we're in, in things that we've maybe tweaked a little bit, we've made sure that our players know the, the duck system inside out before we you know, tweak it or, or move on to something else. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the whole the whole reason for that is because you know when a player gets called up, he's it's a nervous time. You you're yeah. you're nervous. You you have butterflies, 
you, you get up there, you literally have a, a, a small amount of time with a, one of the assistant coaches. Hey, here's how we're playing. Here's what to do. And now you get on the ice and all right. you're doing is thinking. Yeah. And this way there's, it, it's seamless. All, all our player has to go up is, is just go play. He doesn't, there's not a bunch of new routes or new plays or anything. Everything's mm-hmm. the same. You just go up there and play. And that usually sets up well, not only for the player individually to have a good night, but it sets up well for the organization that yeah. the, the player's comfortable and he's not going to cost you. I'm guessing at the times when you got called up, you would have liked that same deal because probably back then it was more thrown to the wolves. Here, kid, figure it out, right? Well, yeah, you got 10 minutes with an assistant coach, and he, he basically taught you everything about the game of hockey in 10 minutes and yeah. then expect you to go out and play well. Yeah. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, I want to touch on Edmonton a little bit. Um, uh, I don't want to just hammer everything, get to the Oilers and all that, but I do have some questions. One, did you feel like you were given enough time? I mean, look, it, the record wasn't great, but it, you know, they kind of – they let go Kruger. They were getting some uh, heat from the media and the fans for letting Ralph Kruger, the guy before you go, a little too soon. So uh, most of us, and again, just a view from the couch, thought you would get a bit more rope than one and a half years. Um, did you feel like it was a little too soon, or were you understandable? Well, I think if you back it up, if you go to did Pat Quinn, did Tom Rennie, did, uh, did, did, did Ralph, right. uh, did, did myself, did Todd Nelson, did anybody get enough time? I, I don't think anyone did. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, people, you know, there's a, I would laugh. You hear that word culture, change culture. This mm-hmm. coach going to change culture. Like yeah. culture takes years to change years. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't think any of those coaches were given enough time, right? From Pat, Tom, Ralph, right. Ralph or, or, or Todd. And, and so, but, that's it goes back to hey this is what happens in, in pro sports sometimes and uh, I, I I truly wish I, I could have gotten things uh, under control there uh, quicker but mm-hmm. we weren't able to uh, our our record was uh, uh, terrible in that second year even though I thought we were playing so much better structurally mm-hmm. and uh, we weren't getting killed chance-wise anymore. Like I really felt we were in the games uh, every night, but the record's bad. And when the record's bad, the coach usually goes. So, and, yeah. and uh, I'm accountable for that. And, and, and I'm fine with, with, with the final decision. I mean, you were, you know, like I said, you'd done such a good job with Marley's, and you were in demand, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you, you probably had more opportunity, so they signed you to a four-year deal, and, you know, you're, you're one of the hot coaching candidates, and, yeah, it just seemed like you said, like it was a little bit, like, again, like, I guess the record is the record, right, and that's the bottom line, but it did seem weird from the outside, like, hey, this is a guy, and again, maybe I'm wrong, but you had choices, you chose Edmonton, they went, a four-year deal is pretty good for a guy that's never coached in the league and yeah they might have pulled the pin a little soon but it is what it is yeah yeah and that's a right and yep. yes uh, i did have other opportunities but uh, i i made that choice mm-hmm. and and uh, we we made that choice as a family and, and we, we we stand by the choice yep. so it's uh you know I, I wish nothing like the 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 fans of that city have mm-hmm. gone through so much uh, over all those years yeah and you know, going back to that uh, incredible run where they they made it uh, very very deep into those playoffs, and you know Stanley Cup was sitting very close by, like they were right there. And sure. then to have suffered all of these years, uh, I'm 
I'm with them. I, I, I want that city to have success. It, it's a, a, a truly great, great hockey city. And they, they've tasted the, the, the winning before back in the Gretzky and mm-hmm. SCA days. And uh, I hope for that for them uh, someday down the road. Did you feel like you were treated fairly from the media? I know they were. there were some guys that were pretty hard on you. And, again, like I'm in the media, I guess, quote-unquote, in another sport. So I get it. You know, you try to be fair, but at the same time you want to uh, offer up an opinion or an editorial on a situation. Looking from the outside in, no one's in that room with you and the players. But did you, I felt like it was – guys were pretty harsh. Uh, well, Is to it be it? honest with you, I, I, I didn't read much of it. Okay. The, uh, I, I – you know, we we have a uh, uh, a PR guy there mm-hmm. that did an uh, amazing job, and he would just kind of update me on, hey, what's the story today? Right. But that the environment becomes toxic everywhere when you're losing. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they wanted to be harsh uh, uh, on me, you know, that's their right. I guess it's uh, uh, to to write and to say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know if it was fair or if it wasn't fair. Right. The, the, you know, have I have I seen some of the articles? Yeah, and and some of them held some merit, and then others are so off base. And it's like you said, nobody's in that room. Mm-hmm. Nobody's in a one-on-one meeting with me and a player. No one knows, you know, exactly what's going on. And all they can do is sit and surmise like you've said you you sit on your couch in las vegas and this is what you see and mm-hmm. and sometimes what you see is right and sometimes what you see is totally out in left field sure so, yeah but i i think it's like i i really i i think that's such a hard job to 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 be in the media now because it, it's such a you know this is about clicks now and who's going to click on your article and how many twitter followers do you have and, <laughs> right right and and it's more about hot takes, a yeah, yeah, hot, yeah, yeah. Hot, take hot a takes, line right. and take a harsh line on it and, and stick with it. And it and really, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And and I understand that part of it. And and uh, I, I think it's a, a really tough, tough job uh, for the people covering all sports. Yeah. I read, I heard an interview with you. I think while you were coach and you were talking about one of your daughters was getting it at school. And uh, and you were like, come on, like that's that's out of line, and I I couldn't agree any any more. Like, you're in Canada, you know, everyone bleeds hockey as we know, um, and for your daughters to get it because their their dad's hockey team isn't doing as well. Uh, that's that's got to be hard for you as a as a parent to come home and listen to that. I don't I don't know how, I don't have kids, but I don't know how I would be able to handle that. That would be tough. Well, it's interesting, right? And, and once again, it goes back to the informed and the uninformed. And and I had to go back and forth with, with somebody about it. And I was talking about, it, you know, we heard about your daughter and I mm-hmm. said, yeah, like that, that's no good for me. I know kids are going to be kids, but mm-hmm. that that's, that's not fair. And uh, the, the person said, well, you know, th- that's part of your job. Like you've got to <laughs> learn how to deal with that. And I said, well, well, hold on a second here. The, the, the people in this, the, this, uh, this province right now, the oil is going in the tank mm-hmm. and people are all losing their jobs. Like how, how would those people feel if my daughter was at school making fun of them? Cause their dad just got fired. Yeah, absolutely. Right, they're oiling yeah. gas. Well, right. so, well, you know, that wouldn't be very good, but what's the difference? Right. Like, yeah. It's one thing, you know, have at it with me, but 
mm-hmm. leave my kids alone. Yeah, that's got to be tough, man. Yeah, it's it uh, felt felt for you there. Um, what players did you really enjoy working with uh, in Edmonton? Which guys did you feel like you reached and you have the uh, utmost respect for um, in that room? And and you know, guys that you think that are going to really be be something. Is there a few guys that stood out for you? You know what? Uh, uh, and I and I'm not trying to be diplomatic. All of them. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, when, when you're in that, no one understands the environment unless you're in it. And whether it's a, a, a winning environment or it was a, a losing environment, mm-hmm. your relationship with those players and those players' relationships with each other are, they're bonded and they're bonded for life. And, and even ones that were a, a little up and down and, yep. and traumatic and from you know, guys who are just in, incredible leaders like Andrew Ference and uh, uh, Matt Hendricks. They they live their lives right. They're unbelievable pros. Mm-hmm. You know, to to watch Taylor Hall develop, uh, coming along from being a uh, just a, a a kid and, and looking to uh, uh, take on some leadership, understanding w- what maybe his legacy would be in that town to mm-hmm. you know nail yakupov the how, how many conversations i would have with him and his passion for the game and he brought a smile on his face every day like i, I could just go r- yeah, yeah. right down the list and say something about every player and but when i it, it's amazing uh that was hard that was tough being there but mm-hmm. when i think of the players individually i always smile and and what we went through together, and and even though it was a uh, a, a losing and a, uh, a a very different environment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me, then it was a tough environment for everyone. I still smile, thinking that boy, the, the, those players handled it very very well. Uh, I thought they 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 kept their heads up the best they could, and that uh, our relationships were never uh, were, were never fractured. But wait, and, well, I was going to say, but wait, I read that you and Yakupov hated each other. I read that. It's got to be true, Dallas. <laughs> well, it must be true. It's like, it's, right, uh, right. One of those things, it, right? If that's what they're saying, I'm... Uh, um, Devin... Yak and I must have been great actors Yeah, each other. <laughs> Devin, Devin Dubnik, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll just make this joke for you, where you watch him, his success last year, and you go... Would have been nice if you would have done that with the Oilers, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Hey, it, 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 the kid turned it around and uh, on waivers and gone through the league. Uh, you got to be pumped for him. Um, you know, he seemed like a nice guy. I don't again, I don't know him, but um, incredible turnaround. A good job by him, right? Well, yeah, and and there there goes the relationships again. Like we we ended up trading Dubes, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a, a guy that I I had been in touch with. He he went on to his his next team, and he, he wasn't in uh, Nashville very long, and then he ended up in in Montreal in mm-hmm. the minors, and like, and the whole way you're still at, like I'm not talking. Believe me, I'm not talking to him every day, but no, yeah. you know, a couple times a month, there's a couple text messages back and forth a lot along the way, and and boy, you're cheering for him. And it's it's one of those things. We all have our our ups and our downs, mm-hmm. and 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 all of that just wasn't on Devin. It was it was on our team. It was on the environment. It was we don't pin things on on one player, but that, that's a greatest example of a, of a player who you know really dug his heels in. Was like you know what. 
I'm going to get better. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he battled. Like, to be back in the American League was tough for him. And, you know, he, he really dug his heels in and, and worked at it and, and, and rebounded. And, and it's he could have just folded up the tent and sure. said, you know what, through this, you know, right. played the poor me card and pointed fingers at everyone else. But he didn't. He, he went in and he worked and he – and he, and he stuck with it, and and uh, and now he's been a, a big factor in, in team success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you still. So I was gonna. One of the questions I had was, you still keep in touch with guys from Edmonton and even the Marlies and Naz and those guys um, that you had success with. It sounds like you're still, uh, you know, trading texts there back and forth, and that's cool. It's good to see, you know. Yeah, it's always, yep. and that's the relationship right. that you have. Yeah, there, there's there, there's guys that have uh, retired from uh, hockey that I, I coached in Toronto. There's still current players that play for the Leafs. There's there, there's guys in uh, uh, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're all over the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we just played Bakersfield a few nights ago, and and you know, Drysital and and, uh, and Darnell Nurse, and uh, you know, Brad Hunt, like all these guys, like they're yeah. they're all over to say hi, hey, how you doing? Like, oh, that's good. Yeah, it, it's 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 part of the relationships, and and that's the one thing I I think you know, not only fans and people who watch the game, but the the people who cover the game, they, they don't understand that part of it. They they don't understand that all of this is is going on, and it's it's either. If you win, everybody likes each other, and if you lose, everybody hates each other. It's not like that. You know, you, you go through experiences together, mm-hmm. and and in the end, you're all pulling for each other always. Was there anything you would change from your time in Edmonton? Um, last question about Edmonton, I promise. Anything you would change uh, from your time there? Would you would you look back? Would you do something different? Well, I, I think we probably should have went slower uh, as a staff mm-hmm. uh, with. Uh, with certain things and maybe been not so uh, demanding and having such high expectations right away. The the group wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the one thing that I've, you know, really looked back and was like, you know what, we, we should have taken this, really went slow with it and just went for the long-term plan, even though it would have, you know, you know I, I'm not sure if it would have changed wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may have. Uh, I'm not sure. Right. But uh, yeah, the, the the that word process. It, it's a there's a process to everything, and it, it looking back the way we, we went about things there early, especially, um, I think hindered the process. We 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 expected too much and we went too fast. And I, what's really interesting is the the second year coming into camp. I thought we we did it perfectly, like mm-hmm. we were on it, and then we just couldn't find those wins. Even though, you know, the the game comes down to chances for and chances against, mm-hmm. and we we were n- like the first year we were getting a chance so badly, <laughs> right. and uh, and that second year we were right there, like we were. We were in the games. We were even or, or better, and we, we just couldn't find the wins. And um, I, I, it's, it's amazing. I felt way better about the second year than I did the first, and that's kind of what I take take from that. Right. Hey, I when I like again being the uh, being the Leaf fan, I was. I thought you were going to get the Leaf top job. Were you uh, kind of bitter or, or upset about getting passed over? And again, like you said, Burke uh, Burke was one of the guys that was in your corner. I was surprised that you didn't get it. To be honest. Yeah, and you know what? I, I let Brian know, and when they let me know that uh, they were gonna 
the high, it's interesting. One of my a guy that was my mentor when uh when I was a player who was extremely gracious to me, and a, a guy that I still keep in touch with uh, a, a lot these days is uh, Randy Carlisle when they hired Randy. Mm-hmm. And but I wasn't going to sit there and smile and and tell my bosses, oh hey, yeah, I, I'm I'm great with that. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I wanted a shot at it. And and Brian Burke explained it to me, and uh, and then like any team, you fall into line. So I, I had my uh, my day of being pissed off, mm-hmm. and then my mind turned to how can I support Randy, and, and how can I help him, and and I, uh, I I did my absolute best to do that. So yeah, the, yeah. I let Brian know that I, I was uh, vocal about that for uh, when I. Was told, but then hey, you fall in the line and you you you, you get back to work. Right. That, that, that's the only way. And and looking back, like uh, it's it's one of those things. Like, geez, would you really been ready for it? Uh, I I thought I was. I thought I knew the players well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but how are you gonna how do you argue hiring a Stanley Cup winning coach? Yeah, like yeah. that that's a hell of a get and. And and that's been a tough market as well. Like some great coaches have gone through. Or like, like when I was there, just in my time as a, I started as an assistant coach with the Toronto Marlies until mm-hmm. I, uh, I think I spent eight years in that organization. Like I saw Pat Quinn as a head coach. Right. I saw Paul Maurice. I saw Ron Wilson. Uh, I saw Randy Carlisle. Yeah. Like. You know that that's a lot of turnover again. Right, you're and, like, hey, what about uh, what about me? <laughs> and well, it wasn't even that. It's yeah. just unfortunate that yeah. no one really got enough time to really get in deep and and yeah. to build a a really great program. It, it takes time. It yeah. takes time to to build programs. Absolutely. Uh, in your career as a player, you played for a lot of different teams in uh, in both leagues. Uh, what coaches? struck with stuck with you the most like who'd you learn from who'd you admire who'd you take some things from in your current coaching career oh everyone <laughs> everyone yeah and, and good and bad right like it's uh, the 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 guy that had the greatest influence on me it's well documented is he was like a second father to me uh, i met roger nielsen when i was uh boy probably 12 years old or 11 mm-hmm. years old at his camp uh I ended up being a counselor at the camp. I ended up being an instructor at the camp. I spent summers with Raj. Uh, I played for Roger. It, it's a, it was a, a unbelievable relationship. And and when I say he was like my second father, that's what he was. He was he was a, a dear dear friend and mm-hmm. a, a great mentor. Um, and then along the way, like everyone has a, everyone touches you in in one way or or, or another. It's you know I I. I'm fortunate. Like you look back and feel like, boy, you got kicked around as a player. You played everywhere, and <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it was easy. I was I was single yeah. at the time. I wasn't married. Um, I was able to move from city to city. But the the amount of players I got to see play, the amount of relationships you have with those players, and the then all the kind of different coaching, you take note and you take note of the the good and the bad and what works and what doesn't and how maybe you would have done things, and and it pays off with the uh, uh, experiences. Yeah, really. I guess that's right, right? I mean, you, yeah, and 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 even the bad, like you said, you even take the bad from from guys and be like, oh wait, that 
you know, it's not something I'm going to do when I get into coaching. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. man, I had some crazy coaches along the way too. And, <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, you know what? Right. It, that does not work. Yeah. It happened just there. And, uh, <laughs> what, and you, you make sure that that never ever happens uh, in your dressing room. Right. Uh, what are some of the uh, coaching philosophies you have as far as like mantras or something? Is there something that, that you just, it's, it's a non non negotiable non starter. You're just your 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 guys are going to do this, or you you know what's something you harp on a lot that you're like, look, I've seen it. This is what works. This is what you have to do. Is there a couple things that 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 you use that you stand you stand behind? Well, in real general terms, yeah, and and not getting into a whole bunch of specifics. There's there's two things. There, there's a, a values of your organization mm-hmm. and. And, and how we're going to treat each other, how we're going to hold ourselves in our community. Uh, like, who are we? You mm-hmm. know, what are our thoughts? What are our habits? And what are our priorities? And so we, we outline those. And it goes back to the, the, the whole, you know, do good. Like, do good. Do, like, yeah. be a good teammate and, and, and toe the line. Be of high character. Uh, a, a lot of stuff that you see in the military, like that's the only way you you can succeed. Sure. And, and then the the second part is the you know it's the three words that we we've been using here, um, and uh, we 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 had them going that second year in Edmonton, and and they're very simple. We we want compete. That's the first thing. There we're we're competitive mm-hmm. people. We have to compete every day. I don't care what it is. We always have a a, a high compete drill in practice. Uh, the the second part of it is execute. We we've got to execute execute everything from our our diet to our sleep to our our training to our mm-hmm. skills, uh, executing in, in the games. Uh, and the last thing is finish, and you know finish everything. Don't leave any job undone. And um, you know those are the three things that we've been really hammering home to our our, our players here, but. It's all about values, and it's a lot of it goes back to family values, and then it's that compete, execute, and finish. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can get those things covered off, uh, all of the X's and the O's and the routes and all of, all of that stuff becomes mm-hmm. very, very easy. Well said. Um, well, thank you for taking the time on the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Uh, I know Dean has. Uh, I know Dean pretty well over the years, and, and he's always told me that he thinks the world of you. And and the thing that's the stuff that went on at Edmonton, like just you know, he's like, oh, it's killing him. He can't sleep. It's killing him. And I I, I get it. I understand it. Um, not on your level, of course, but I hope to see you back in the NHL because it. it you know, it's we need a, a nice ending to this as far as your coaching. I mean, you've won, you know, in the minors, you've won there, and let's get you back in the NHL. And you know, it'd be nice for you to to close that chapter. And uh, I'm a guy that's uh, lived in the game, literally uh, been playing um, for a long, long time, and now coaching. Your whole life has been the game of hockey, and it, it's awesome that you took the time to uh, kind of talk to us a little bit about it. And uh, thank you, thank you, Dallas. Yeah, any anytime. Thank uh, you. All right, thanks, man.